welcome to the shit show. Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> Red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> What's wrong, Burgundy? Do <laughs> the the quick brown fox jumped over? What's he do? Yeah, the quick. Fucking... <laughs> uh, the quick. I forget. Fuck. But yeah, I was watching. Have we talked about Babysitters Club? No, because I cannot. What? I can't. You can't what? I just don't want to watch it. Did you read them? No. Oh, well then, no, fuck you. Read them first, then you can watch them. I don't want to read Babysitter's Club as a 31-year-old woman. Well, okay then, you can't watch the show. (laughs) No, but... (laughs) Sophie apparently really, really enjoyed it and loved it. I did too! I just can't. I don't, oh I'm my god, I gotta interested. talk to Sophie. Yeah, you guys can connect about it. You hear that, Sophie? Message Becky, because she wants to talk about Babysitter's Club, and I don't want to entertain that. Oh my god. I bet Sophie loved how they, like, used characters that were not of the race that was in the book. I bet she mm-hmm. loved how they just treated, like, they treated, like, gay relationships and gay people like they didn't make a big deal about it it was just like there like I was like oh my god this is so crazy like this is so different than when I was growing up yeah I'm, I'm sure she loved all of that and it I'm was, sorry I can't contribute but I just have no interest I do in the slightest I just do want to say though that I thought I think that that is so fucking cool that like yeah see these like these two moms and this girl this little girl's coming over to babysit their kid and it's just two moms and nobody cares like you know what's really sad about this? What? The fact that we have to say it's really cool and that it's not just the fucking norm. Well, because I was thinking a lot about this because like it when I was a kid like that was a big fucking deal. Like yeah. I, I remember in the 2000 like early 2000s Will and Grace was like this revolutionary fucking thing because like there were two guys in the in like yeah. men kissed in that show like and it was this big fucking thing. Almost, it was. Now that I I've watched that show again, I love that show. But I, it almost is like I'm surprised they got away with what they did. Yeah. Well, and I don't. I don't mean that in any kind of like offense to you. Like I think it's great that we find mm-hmm. it cool. But it's sad to me that we have to say, "Wow, this is amazing." It shouldn't be that way. But it's awesome <laughs> though because like the like the generation of little girls that were in that show like 12 year old girls or whatever like they they never knew that it was ever weird like i think that is so cool yeah that's that's fantastic yeah i i thought i thought it was brilliantly done it was a masterpiece everyone should watch it and then go read your anna martin babysitters club books those are my shit Anyways. I was a, a boxcar children child. Oh, I like those two. Yeah, those were good. But Babysitter's Club, man, that that was the original feminist uh, Bible, in my opinion. Yeah, I didn't, I don't know. I just, I'm like that with fucking TV shows, though. If it's not, like, supernatural or historically based or, like, I just, fantasy, I don't, I have literally no interest. I'm just like, this sucks. <laughs> I don't want to watch this. I will say that I did read and watch Little Women, though, and the new Little Women was amazing. Well, that's kind of historical. Yeah, yeah, yes. So I'll take that. That's okay. It's historic. I I tried really hard to get Joe to watch Outlander. He tried and fell asleep. So. Yeah, that's upsetting. That's not happening, and I'm annoyed. 
Just watch it on your own. I will. That's what I'm gonna do. I just it's had to watch. It's better to watch on your own first. anyway. It's better to watch on your own anyway. Well, why is it like good for masturbating or something? I mean, maybe, but no, that's not what I was getting at. But like, <laughs> that's what I, that's how I took it. <laughs> no, okay. no. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, Scottish accents are very attractive, and there's lots of them in it. And like, hot dudes and kilts are always a great time. But like, that's no. I mean. But that's not what you meant. That's not what I meant. Okay. Just I, I meant you don't have to wait for someone to watch it. Oh, got it. Got it. Loud and clear. Roger but, that. But yeah. So, um, any updates? Anything you need to chat about before we do an icebreaker? Um, I don't think so. How about you? No. What are you drinking? Oh, I am drinking my new favorite wine. Dark Horse uh, Sauvignon Blanc. It's delicious. Sounds very French. It's uh, Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Sophie is going to uh, correct our French. Um, so. she probably should. A couple weeks ago, um, me and Joe were running around doing something, and I was like really hungry, and I wanted a Dunkin' breakfast sandwich, and I told. <laughs> He was driving, and we went through the drive-thru, and I was like, I want a croissant. And then he was like, okay. I was like, oh, he's like, okay, you want a croissant? And I was like, no, I want a croissant. You have to say it like that. And then... <laughs> and Listen! When he got... No, go ahead. Hold on, hold on. When he got up to the, to the like, speaker thing to put the order in, he goes, I want a croissant. Like, he was, like, really... Oh, my God. He, like, didn't know how to do it. He's like, croissant! <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So, so I have this, I told, I told Sophie this and I can't, this is so dumb. I can't believe I'm about to tell the fucking world this, but like when I see the word, you know, croissant, croissant, croissant. written out my, in my brain, I hear a very angry French man screaming croissant every time. Yes. Like, and um, like, <laughs> like the guy, who is it in, um, in Beauty and the Beast? That's who I always picture. Is it the clock? Cogsworth? Yeah. Is he French? Is, no. Who's Lumiere French? Is French? Lumiere's French. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, mine's just like a fat French angry baker and he just screams croissant really loud. So like now every time she sees it, she crack, like cracks up laughing because she imagines me telling her about the angry French man croissant. in my head. Yeah, no, it does. It <laughs> sounds very aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Sophie, fix our French. Um... I don't know. I don't have anything else. Okay. What's your icebreaker? Um, this comes from my friend Lauren. She asked uh, a gr- a group chat of one of my um friend groups. She said, "What would your pet's um Hogwarts house be?" Mm. Okay. So for me, Tux would definitely Tux Tux is Gryffindor, but with like Hufflepuff tendencies. Me. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Because okay. um, I, I initially was going to say Hufflepuff, but I'm like, no, Tux is totally that. That He'd be that kid that would, like, that would be way, way too brave for his own good. And then mm. uh, Colby is Slytherin for sure. Mm, mm. Um, Bear is Slytherin. Okay. <laughs> uh, just because he's a conniving little shit. Yeah, that's how um, Colby is. Colby's a fucking parcel tongue speaking Slytherin. 
Yeah, I would also say Niffler is Slytherin too. Uh-huh. Um Google is Gryffindor because she's just so brave and dumb. <laughs> um Spooky would be a Hufflepuff. Oh, okay. And Frank would be a Hufflepuff too. And I would just like to point out that Hufflepuffs do have Gryffindor-like tendencies as well. Um, they're very complimentary houses. Yeah. And can be very brave. Um, which is the only reason I say Frank is a Hufflepuff and not a Gryffindor because he is just, he goes to the flow and he's my sweet, big, fat baby, but when he needs to be brave, he can be. Yeah, I feel like Hufflepuff is also just, like, very, uh, like, very kind. Yeah, can we not forget that Newt's commander is a Hufflepuff, and if he's not brave, I don't know who the fuck so, uh, is. what's his name? Uh, Cedric Diggory. Yeah, Diggory is, too. But when I take tests now, I get, like, because I like to take the tests that break it down by percentage. Mm-hmm. I always get either, like, 49% Gryffindor and 50% Hufflepuff or, like, reverse. So I'm always, like, almost dead half. Like, it's really weird. Um, I could see some Ravenclaw on you, too, though. Mm, no? No. Oh, huh. No, ma'am. I mean, I like to research, but, like, not like that. I can't take it to that level. Oh, I see, I'm Ravenclaw. Yeah, no. Um, what would your lizard be? <laughs> oh, God. I mean, obviously, I just want to say Slytherin, but it's not. <laughs> for, for pun purposes. Yeah, I mean, maybe, though, because she's a little asshole. She bites me and she loves Joey. Yeah, she might be then. Yeah. Pun aside. My, my praying mantis came, and I don't know it enough yet to decide. Okay, that thing's going to be a Ravenclaw, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it seems seems like, like the type. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was Louie? Louie, he was definitely not a Ravenclaw. <laughs> no, I feel like Louie may have been another puff, <laughs> or maybe not. No, Louie was a Gryffindor. Yeah, Louie was a Gryffindor because he was just so brave and loyal. And I don't. I'm not trying to say Gryffindors are dumb because I am one, but I'm just saying like. He was stupidly brave, if that that's makes it, sense. That's how Tux is. Tux is like, yeah. he he thinks he he is braver than he should be for, like... His, for his size, especially. For his like, size and his, like, overall, like, abilities. <laughs> yeah, that, that was exactly Louis. Yep, Louis would have definitely been a Gryffindor. Okay, I like that. But yeah. That was a good one, I like that. I know, isn't that one fun? <laughs> that's super cute. What what house do you think Joey is? Joey's a Slytherin. That's how, yeah, so is Joe. He's 110% Slytherin. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, it, honestly, most of my friends are Slytherins, which is interesting. Really? Yeah. Sophie's a Slytherin. Amber's a Slytherin. Huh. Yeah. It's weird. I mean... I guess I do have more puff tendencies, but it, it is what it is. No, see, I would not think that you are a Hufflepuff, to be honest. No? No. I feel like you're too, like, spooky. But what would that make me? I See, I think, I think Gryffindor Ravenclaw. I mean, I've literally never tested as a Ravenclaw on anything. Like, I get, like, 10% when I do those percentage things. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, nothing. But it usually is pretty dead-on split between Hufflepuff and 
in Gryffindor. Yeah, see, I don't know. That does surprise me a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We should put a poll up. I want to know what our What everyone is. Yeah. Yeah, uh, J.K. Rowling's still canceled. Let's just say that real quick. But, like, yeah. I think it's great. Oh, J.K. Rowling. Yeah. I'd like to know what everyone is, though. That's that's good to know. We'll put up one of the good tests. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, I have a, a question. Yes. If you could create your own holiday, what would it be? Okay, my holiday would be the... International Day of Silence. Yes. And it's literally like no there nobody speaks. Like we are all fucking monks for a mm. for a business day. Mm. And yeah, like, I like that. and we just spend the day like meditating and doing yoga and reading and napping. And just shutting the fuck up. And just shutting the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that also means, like, that honestly means, like, media in any form. Yeah. Like, except books. Except any, books. Any media with any, sound. Any digital. Any, like, yeah. yeah okay. Any, like, any, like, social media. Any, um. Yeah. Any digital media. Like, all that shit. Like, shut up. Don't post a fucking status on the International Day of Solitude. No. Yeah. I enjoy the, that. That would be good. The only things that you're allowed to post on the IDS, International Day of Solitude, is... <laughs> I change it from silence to solitude, because that's really what it's about. The only yeah, yeah. thing that you can post, you may post, um, like, meditation links, like, if you're, if you're, like, um... I guess, I don't know. I'd have to think about this. Maybe with headphones, you're allowed to do, like, meditation videos. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. We're on the fence about that. But you can only post, like, resources. Like, you cannot fucking say anything. Like, it's only things to help you become more fucking quiet. Yeah. I like it. That's Um, solid. Yeah. And, like... You, like, get away, you, like, you even get away from your spouse for the day. Just everything. Just everything. Like, you go in a fucking meadow and you sit by yourself. That sounds like the tits. And you read, and you eat snacks, and you nap, and you can bring your dogs if you want, that's fine. Okay, yeah, yeah, I need my animals, but, like, yeah, I like it. I'm down. Everybody fucking does it. And then I bet you, I bet you, here's my, here's my hypothesis. I bet in the days following the International Day of Solitude, I bet everybody like calms their tits. Mm -hmm. I bet everybody has like awesome, like, uh, like revelations. Um, I bet everybody is a lot nicer to each other, Mm. at least for the first few days. I like it. They get yeah. to fucking think. They don't have to listen to people annoy the fuck out of them. Exactly. Yeah. I, I could I think I think this is a gold we idea. We can start a petition. Let's, let's start a petition. Let's start on change.org. Be like Yeah. IDS yeah. motherfuckers. I'm down. All I right. am fully behind this. Thank you. I assume that your holiday is like just a even more intense Halloween. <laughs> My cop-out answer is second Halloween. 
second Halloween. <laughs> like in the middle of the year, like so you get Halloween every six months because uh-huh. that's like good. Like a summer but, Halloween. But Halloween is a state of mind. It's a state of being. Mm-hmm. So like it is always Halloween in my heart. Right. But um, no. So I kind of already celebrate my own. Uh, we don't celebrate Valentine's Day mm-hmm. because I just think it's fucking bullshit. What is it, anti-Valentine's um, Day? <laughs> no, it's Al Capone Day. Al Capone Day, okay. <laughs> because the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Ah, yes, yes, yes. So on Al Capone Day, you honor Prohibition and the, you know, the Roaring Twenties and, you know, all that fun stuff, Dirty Thirties, and you dress like a flapper or whatever you want from the time you drink a lot of fucking whiskey and smoke cigars and you talk an old timey slang and it is just a great day and i really have always wanted to throw an al capone day party instead of a valentine's day party because i just thought it would be fucking slamming to have that that'd be Um, really fun i would wear like i would wear like those uh what are those what are those fucking things like the little veil things that come out of the hat like a Oh, not a whole out veil, but like that little mesh. Oh, like the little tiny mesh one, like yeah. the bird, the bird netting thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just I'm always down to dress like it's the 20s again. So like, you know, any opportunity to do that should be a holiday. Is that the era you'd want to live in? No, fuck no. Well, really? I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong. But like, you know, there's no vaccines. People died often really young, really shitty stuff that's women true. had very horrible no rights uh-huh um it'd be cool to see like if i could be a fly on the wall in the 20s like see all the cool shit go down or if i could be in the 20s for like a day like you, and like you'd like to take a trip there but you would want yeah like i wouldn't want to live there yeah like I, i'd go like be a vaudeville dancer for a couple weeks and then come back to my own time um i'd honestly pick like the seventies, because I'd I'd be all about that hippy dippy shit. Yeah, okay, I could see that. I think, oh man, honestly, I might, I might pick. Oh, oh I don't know. I might. Today I'm picking the eighties. I don't know why, but why? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Just like, um, I like I like the Breakfast Club culture. Like that's always been really cool to me, and like, uh. Molly Ringwald movies and shit. Like I want to live in that idealistic uh 80s like teenage time. That's what I want. Okay. Except normally, it wouldn't be ideal. <laughs> no, it would not. But like normally I'd probably, If you could live in an 80s movie maybe. Yeah, like if I okay, yeah, if I was going to live in the 80s, I'd want it to be in a fucking 80s movie. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. All right. I mean, I could see that. I just like the music from the 70s and I'm all about like all the concerts and like the clothes like fuck the clothes the clothes were so good yeah no I do I like the idea of like the late 60s also yeah yeah I mean Vietnam fucking sucks don't get me wrong but like I just yeah I don't know man that's I feel like I'd fit in a little bit better there is it bad that I just think every fucking time period kind of sucks <laughs> like <laughs> I mean it's true though. There's you like you look really into shitty things about yep. every fucking time period. That's why I I saw someone post about this and they're like, Y'all are forgetting the rampant fucking racism and no rights and know this and know that and you're idolizing 
in, you know, romanticizing a time that was just complete fucking horse shit for so many people. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a solid fucking point. And I, I told you before we started recording, like, I'm just in a weird, like, pissy kind of negative mood. Yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah. I'm thinking about the era I'd want to live in, and I'm like, huh, hmm, the 50s, um, no, racism, yeah. sexism, hmm, the 60s, yes. um, war and drugs, um, which drugs, fine, that's fine, but I just feel like, I feel like a lot yeah, of people- I was people, like, drugs is the least of the problem. <laughs> no, yeah, drugs definitely, but I guess I feel more like people got kind of, like, lost in the 60s, like- like it was such a weird and like turbulent time that like it would not have been a time where drugs were that fun (laughs) why do you think they were doing that exactly (laughs) but but it's like it's not like a i don't get like that trippy like cool like vibe from it i get like the oh god everything is like so fucking bleak but it was like a time when people literally just packed up and fucking traveled the country and like did whatever the fuck they wanted and like so i guess i don't know I'm I would, romanticizing I honestly, the fuck out of it. I, I would not mind, though, being living in a time where social media went and fucked itself. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm so tired of all the... I'm so sick of people on the internet. So sick of yeah. it. Yeah, I'm really wondering where all these people got their fucking degrees overnight on Facebook. So. Their degrees, their fucking, like, everyone... And everyone thinks that because they can post an opinion that they should. And everybody thinks memes are fact. So yeah, I just yeah. I'm I'm over I'm over this fucking planet. <laughs> yeah. Um I should give a fucking warning that I am drinking liquor today. Oh, that's so. right. You are. <laughs> so I if I if I get a little derailed off topic, that would be why. Um cuz it's starting to hit now. Um but yeah, like yeah everything fucking sucks that's what we were talking about before we started it was like everything fucking sucks right now yeah pretty much um yeah i'm, I'm gonna not, talk about a time that it sucked even more <laughs> i'm not feeling hopeful about anything mm-mm, mm-mm. so that's where it's hard I'm to at. yep well this story sure as shit isn't gonna make you feel any more hopeful let's do it so i'm gonna say her name wrong but do you have you ever watched the videos by bailey sarian yeah Yeah, the makeup lady yeah she's gorgeous and she does her makeup and she tells you like cool mysteries and like murders and like all this cool shit Mm -hmm. well our dear nikki sent me a video by her and that is what inspired this story so shout out to nikki thanks for sending us that because i yes so i chose this as our story okay um all right i'm just gonna get into it Lila Coolin was born to a family of devout 70-day Adventists in Fox Point, Nova Scotia in 1899. At the age of 26, she met William Peach Young, a man from Oregon, who had moved to New Brunswick in hopes of becoming an Adventist medical missionary. But bro had no medical training yet, so let's just make that clear. Um, They married, uh, and the couple moved to Chicago for a short period of time where William became licensed as a chiropractor in December of 1927. Lila was pregnant with their first child at the time. They eventually had five children. And two months after William obtained that license, they moved back to Nova Scotia. When they returned, they purchased some land and a home and opened the Life and Health Sanitarium in East Chester, which is 40 miles southwest of Halifax. 
Lila became a midwife, and soon they rebranded their business as the Ideal Maternity Home and Sanitarium. William acted as the superintendent and claimed to be a doctor. Lila acted as the director and advertised herself as an obstetrician. She was just a midwife, and he was just a chiropractor. Hmm. Let's just make that clear. Okay. Uh, The ideal maternity home promised maternity care for local couples and discreet birthing as well as placement for children of unwed mothers. Everything seemed so perfect at the home. The advertisements for the home were drawing clients in easily as they promised discretion and protection for the unwed mothers and a safe place to birth their babies and recover for the married mothers. From the late 1920s to at least the late 1940s, the home operated. During World War II, business was booming because the nearby town of Halifax was a port which served as a departure point for convoys crossing to England. Many of those ships never completed the journey, and sailors and merchant seamen would squeeze as much life into their days in port as possible. So essentially, they went around and fucked anything that stood still. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, some of them were married and, you know, I guess, had sex with their wives, whatever. Um, And then they'd squeeze as much life into their days in port as possible, which left many women as unmarried or widowed expectant mothers. Abortion and birth control were also illegal in Canada at the time. So there's this soon, so don't worry. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh God. Um, so it seemed like an ideal situation, right? I can go to this place, have my baby. If I'm married, great, they can help take care of me and I can convalesce for two weeks while they care for my baby and care for me and I can recover and then go home. Or if I'm an unwed mother, I can secretly have my baby and get it to a good home, you know, right? Everything sounds kosher. Mm-hmm. Everything was expensive as fuck. <laughs> Everything was not kosher. Everything was not okay. <laughs> Um, the average wage at the time was $8 a week, just to give you an idea about Ugh. these prices. I mean, $8 back then was probably like 30 grand a year Wait, right? what year for us now. Uh, 19, the 19, late 1920s to okay. late 1940s. I'm looking um, it up. Yeah, I didn't do that. Sorry. No, it's okay. I just want to know. Also, I am going to give credit to everybody. I copied and pasted some stuff because it was just too much that I couldn't rewrite. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you'll notice because it's words I don't fucking use. So yeah, that's the equivalent. Like I just did $32, which is like a month worth. Wait, right? $8 a week. Yeah. So like $32 in 1920. Today is $435. So that was so still there. really shitty. So but yeah, also really shitty. Also, shit was way less expensive now. Like, you could get rent for a house for what? Like, 50 bucks a month. You know, like, so you got to keep that in mind, too. Yeah. Okay. But just to give you an idea, $8 a week. Married women who sought the young services were charged an average of $75 for each delivery and two weeks of recovery at the beginning of their operation there. Damn. Wait, how much? $75. So that's for the delivery and two weeks of recovery. So that's like over two months of pay. Mm, it gets better. Oh, God. Um, unwed mothers oh. were charged more as they were easy prey because of the stigma around being an unwed mother. And they also were even poorer. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's They fun. were charged an average of 100 to $200 in advance for room and board, 
delivery of the infant, and arranging adoptions. They were also charged another $12 for diapers and supplies and a $2 weekly maintaining fee for housing the infants between delivery and adoption. Wow. If a baby died, the mother was charged $20 for a funeral, which would be performed by the Young's handyman. What? He was paid, yep. He was paid 50 cents per corpse. Oh my god. And they were buried in white pine butter boxes instead of coffins. So these are the butter box babies. And it's not even done like by like a person of faith that you know, like it's nope. just it's just by a handy like that's so fucked up to me. I tell you where like later on I go into detail about where he buried them and it's really fucked up. Oh so my if, god. If okay. you're wondering about like if you want to do more research on this google butterbox babies it's fucking everywhere they made a documentary there's all sorts of shit there's a movie because that's what they buried them in was butterboxes so it's really sad it's really fucked up um many of the mothers could not afford their bills obviously and they were forced to work at the home for up to 18 months to pay off their debt shit uh, Lila delivered the babies herself while William knelt at the bedside in prayer because he was also a minister. Let's not forget that. Um, but some clients saw a more ruthless side of the youngs. Com- excuse me. Complaining of <laughs> Lila's. Sorry, that, uh, that liquor's having a field day right now. Um, <laughs> Rachel's drunk. <laughs> just a little bit. Just uh, a little bit. Needed it. I needed it after this week. Um, Some of the clients saw a more ruthless side of the Youngs, complaining of Lila's rough, even brutal handling. She was physically immense, one client recalled. She had an overwhelming presence and a great sense of power. She could strike terror into people. No one dared challenge her. Uh, So the maternity home became a baby factory and had scores of unwed mothers that were average age of 17. Wow. Okay. I feel like that honestly wasn't even that young back then. No, no. But, probably like 30 by today's standards. But it makes me like, <laughs> in today's uteruses, <laughs> that makes um, me nervous so that it's an average age. Like, mm-hmm. does that mean there was like some, there was some 13 year olds sneaking mm-hmm. in there? Probably. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. God. Um, at the time, adoption laws were barely existent and bullshit. Uh, adoptions across religious lines were forbidden in the U.S. So a Catholic couldn't adopt a Protestant baby. Like, you know what I mean? Like that kind of shit. It was real fucking dumb. That's so weird, yeah. Uh, And from what I understand, most adoptions were done through the church or religious services. Um, There was, I don't, this is going to sound really fucking weird, and I don't mean it to sound weird, but one of the articles I read said that there was a shortage of Jewish babies available for adoption. Um. (laughs) So they would say that babies were Jewish and they weren't. But Lila and William also just didn't fucking care about that law. So they would let U.S. citizens come and adopt babies where at, like, whatever. Mm. And wait till I tell you how they did this. Um, People were desperate to adopt children, and the home became a black market for babies. It was a baby farm. Babies were sold for between a thousand and ten thousand dollars each. Oh my god! Couples were able to Based choose on what, like, what did they base that price on? Oh, I get into it a okay. little bit. Well, I say what an undes- undesirable. I'm making quotation marks right now. Baby was. Mm-hmm. Um, couples were able to choose their infant from rows of bassinets lined up like produce bins at a supermarket. 
twins were separated or matched depending on what customers wanted. So mm. literally you walk into a warehouse just full of fucking crying babies and you walk the rows like you're grocery shopping and pick your child. Oh my god. I wonder what, like, I don't know if you talked about this, but I wonder what, like, the conditions of that were. Like, the I get hygiene. into it. Okay. A little bit I get into it. Like, obviously, where those babies were, they probably made it look beautiful. You know what I mean? Because, oh, this loving child, you know what I mean? Like Yeah, like in their showroom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's what it is. It's like a baby dealership, a baby showroom. Ew. So, uh, the babies that were adopted were the lucky ones. Lila and William banked at least $3.5 from the adoption and sale of infants between 1937 and 1947. Get the fuck out of here. And that's only 10 years. They were doing it before that because they started in the late 20s. $3.5 Yeah. What? Of that time's money. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Carry on. I'm calculating that. Okay. Between 400 and 600 babies were deliberately killed by starvation or by refusing medical care because the babies seemed to be unmarketable. Infants who were sick, deformed, or disabled, or of mixed race, were fed molasses and water until they starved to death. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Oh, and just they so hit- you know, uh, three, three and a half million is 64 million today what 64 million dollars jesus so 20 times that amount okay that's insane yeah uh the handyman eventually admitted to burying between 100 to 125 babies in a field owned by lila's parents deceased babies would stay in the tool shed for as long as five days in a butter box before driven to the field for burial oh my god Mm mm-hmm And now shit gets even sadder, because if that wasn't fucked up enough, here we go. Not all of the mothers wanted to adopt out their children, though. There are stories of mothers asking for their children, and Lila telling them that they were dead and unfit to be seen. She would also take babies away after they had been with the mothers, claiming the babies were ill, and then they would never be seen again. Violet Eisenhower was one of those women. What? She nursed... Yeah. Well, not, I mean, not like the president. Oh my God. I thought, I thought this was like, okay. I don't know why I no. thought that. I was like, what spelled the fuck? entirely different and she's Canadian. Okay. Um, Violet Eisenhower. <laughs> I don't know why I immediately thought that, but I did. Well, because that's a, you know, the name, that's where your brain automatically goes. Uh, she nursed the dark haired little girl for 14 days and named her Faith Lou Tanya. She was born on July 7th, 1940 at eight pounds, six ounces. This is a quote from from Violet. She was all rosy, not wrinkled like the other babies. She named the child on a whim after two of the girls she befriended at the maternity home. Everyone said she was the prettiest baby there, but what she remembers most are her daughter's hands. They had strange, unbroken lifelines that curved down her tiny palms. It seems that Violet was kind of like into some like like folklore witchy kind of shit. Because later on, it tells her, like, it talks about her reading tea leaves and seeing her baby and stuff. Oh, that's, okay, that's cool. So, the first thing she noticed was the lifelines, and I just thought that was kind of, like, interesting. Yeah. Like, she Um, was, like, reading her palm. Yeah. Um, Violet was married and came to the maternity home because it was considered one of the most modern facilities in Canada, and it was close to her home. When she delivered Faith... Lila and William were being investigated by child welfare officials. 
Lila had the baby. Everything was fine. And she was within hours of being released to go home a few weeks after she had recovered. Or not Lila, Violet, sorry. Lila came in and told her that her baby had become ill during the night. This is a few hours before she was supposed to be released. Uh, and she said the baby had become ill during the night, that she had turned black and stopped breathing, and that the body was not fit to be seen. What? Yep. Violet was so distressed that she didn't think to question it at the time, because she didn't honestly think anyone would, want, would like, want to take her baby. You know what I mean? Like, she just took the lady's word for it. Okay. Um, but later in life, she became convinced that her baby was stolen from her. Oh, she was. Uh, while she was there, one mother told Violet that a couple had come to the nursery in search of a baby girl, and Faith was the only girl in the nursery at the time. There were also other doubts, uh, and there were lingering doubts about the body that no one ever saw. Violet's mother had knit a pink dress for the baby, but she was told it was too late. The infant had already been prepped for burial. Violet's husband was handed a butter box with the lid screwed down tight so he wouldn't be able to open it. Violet doesn't remember the funeral. She was too sick to go, and she stated that she was just so numb at that point that she doesn't really remember anything. Wow. Uh, in her mind, she can still hear her father and husband arguing that night, threatening to dig up the grave themselves. And these are quotes from her father. I don't care if the baby is as black as coal tar, the father cried. I want to see for myself. Aww. But Violet's mother, so the grandmother of the baby, talked them out of it and just said, we don't need to see that. Just let it let it go. So why did, um, why did people, why, why did women go there if they were married, like, like, um, and, and well off? Like, I, cause I could see it, like, if you have no other option, but, like, I don't get why they would go there otherwise. They marketed themselves as obstetricians and doctors. Okay. And remember, like, back in that time, having babies in a hospital wasn't a thing. Remember mm -hmm. the baby carts? Oh, right. Yeah, 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 I do. So, like, this was a, a designated facility specifically for women who were pregnant to go and safely have their children. Okay, so they, they honestly just thought it was... Yes. A, okay, so they were just truly deceived. Yeah, and, like, and then the unwed mothers, obviously, they went there because where else were they going to go? Right, yeah, that makes sense. I, I guess I was thinking it of it almost as, like, you know how they people would send off their, like, unwed daughters that are pregnant yeah. to, like, a fucking, like, uh, not a monastery, but, you know, like, a nunnery or something? Yeah, off to the nunnery. That's what yeah. I was, th I was like, if, like, it just seems like that people went there out of shame, so why would you go there out of shame no, at that time but no it, it was, was really they they kind of looked at it as like a medical facility right it was and, and i said i think i said that earlier that it was like considered one of the most advanced in canada at the time but like consider i just like considered by whom like i don't know the that's, old timey canada people i guess I, <laughs> I, I guess it's just like so bizarre to me yeah that you didn't have to have like any real credential i don't know yeah yep it's fucked up um, and it's just gonna get sadder. So Violet never had another child, and she never stopped mourning for the one she lost. She would go to the cemetery to visit the grave, but always wondered if it was really her daughter in the ground. Her husband died at 38 of brain cancer. Oh, that's so And Violet God. has lived alone in her family home ever since. Is she still alive? No, she passed away. Oh my God. So these are just some more quotes from Violet. 
She would be somewhere between five foot three and five foot five, not too small, not too tall, Violet says. And she would be musical, I'm sure. Maybe she's a painter. Violet's house is filled with oil paintings, brilliant blue seas, and deep green countrysides. Or a writer. The tables are laden with neatly typed manuscripts, poems about love and life and loss. This is all from someone who interviewed Violet. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the daughter is anything like her mother, she would also have a cook. I can't say this word, but uh, like a, a coy smile mm-hmm. um, and a generous heart and a joy for the whimsy in life that can turn every day into an adventure. Violet loves to recount her adventures, her trips to meet beaux in Alabama and Vancouver, the two diamond rings she has as proof of their intentions, the assortment of cars in her yard inherited from yet another suitor. So she was kind of like... She was a... Yeah. She she was a, a man's lady. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, she never left her home for long, though. She had to be home in case a dark-haired woman came knocking on her door. Even today, Violet searches the faces of every middle-aged woman she meets. She asks their age and checks their height and tests out the name in her head. Faith, could it be you? Damn. She always... Yeah. <laughs> this this broke my heart. <laughs> um, she always tries to look at the palms of their hands to look for that lifeline. That is uh, truly fucking heartbreaking. Yep. Violet spoke to an author about her ordeal, and a book was written in 1992 called Butterbox Babies, Baby Sales, Baby Deaths, The Scandalous Story of the Ideal Maternity Home. The author found other cases of mothers who had been told their baby had died, only to be reunited with them years later. Hmm. In 1996, Violet thought that it was finally time to dig up the grave and have DNA testing done to see if it was truly her daughter in the grave. Yeah, girl. Unfortunately, the DNA tests came back inconclusive. Fuck. Yep. They were probably like, I mean, they were so old. And so little. And like what was left, you know. Yeah. Violet passed away in 2002 without ever knowing where her daughter was. Oh, that's so fucking sad. Yep. Yep. So, uh, by 1943, the Youngs were housing 70 infants on any given day. The original cottage that they had bought on that land had grown to a sprawling complex of 54 rooms, 14 bathrooms, and multiple nurseries valued at $40,000 with no outstanding mortgage. So whatever $40,000 was back in the day. Um, I'll tell you. And they had it totally paid off. That was $734,000. They had a fucking mansion. Yep. Yeah. Uh, public health officials had been watching the Youngs for a decade, but they found their first concrete evidence of neglect in 1945. Inspectors reporting squalid conditions, swarming flies, and filthy Ugh. bedding, and some infants weighing 50% of the norm for their age. Lila Young fired back with charges of harassment, but her time was running out. A new amendment to the Maternity Boarding House Act of 1940 broadened licensing requirements to incorporated companies, and the Young's license application was swiftly rejected. Ideal Maternity order was ordered to shut down in November of 1945. It wasn't, though, because it's not that simple to close down a multi-million dollar business. Right. Yeah, wow. Yep. And they continued to operate without a license while their case was on appeal. That uh, is bonkers. Yep. So they literally were just like, 
they were fucking just selling babies. Yeah, and honestly, this this is shocking because there's so much evidence, but this was like this happened all the fucking time back then. Mm. So, um US immigration officers got into the complaints in 1945 citing that Lila had smuggled black market babies into the states. Um, in March, the Youngs were arraigned on eight counts, including violation of the Maternity Boarding House Act and practicing medicine without a license. Uh, fucking duh. But their conviction, they got, they got convicted on three counts. They got a fine of 150 bucks. Which in that, that day's money. I mean, that was almost three grand, but still. But also, they're millionaires. Yeah, they're millionaires, and, like, they... Still making money, because they're still fucking baby farming. They sold babies for more than that. Yeah. Um, Oh, those fucking assholes. On June 5th of 1946, they were convicted of illegally selling babies to four American couples and fined a total of $428.90. Uh, William was drinking heavily at that point and was later convicted of perjury because of his testimony at the June trial, but babies were still being born at ideal maternity in early 1947. See, that's just like, I, I don't, oh man, I don't fucking understand Mm -hmm. how Mm -hmm. that can go on for so long. Yeah. None of this, this whole thing makes no fucking sense. It doesn't like I get, cause even with the even with, like, the shitty practices that went on, like, that story that I did where, like, um, with the baby carts and, like, people, like, people mixing up babies, like, okay, like, they just didn't have, like, procedures in hospitals, like, that, that to me is a more understandable error, but, like, the fact that you could just fucking say you were a doctor and then that made you one. Yeah. Yeah. That is so fucking ridiculous. bonkers. Yep. So, uh, the end, when it finally came, was a result of Lila's arrogance and official action. She was so angry about the media coverage of her case that she filed a $25,000 libel suit against the local newspaper. So, that just opened, like, Pandora's box of damning testimony from everybody. Um, the jurors dismissed her suit after a brief deliberation and the trial exposed her operation for the brutal mercenary sham that it was. Ideal maternity was closed before the year's end and the the youngs were bankrupt and debt ridden at that time. So they sold off their property and moved to Quebec. Uh, the home was scheduled to be converted into a resort hotel, but it burned to the ground on September 23rd, 1962. Thank God. I was going to say, that just has bad juju all over it. I'm yep. not staying in that fucking resort. Nope. Um, cancer claimed uh, her husband's life before Christmas. Uh, and I hope it hurt. Then Lila Young died of leukemia in 1967. Yeah, I hope that hurt too. Her tombstone reads, Till We Meet Again. In hell, you bitch. Yeah. Um, I didn't write this down because it was just part of the sadness, but Violet uh, had a new tombstone erected for herself, her husband, and the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it said something like, together with love. Ugh. 
God, so. that's so that's so frustrating because like what happened to that baby? Mm-hmm. What happened to all of them? There are so many cases of this. Like that was oh, just one. Sure. Yeah, for sure. That I zoned in on. There's a bunch of others. There's ones where the babies have identified the mothers and the mothers want nothing to do with them. Uh, there's other ones where like there's more mothers searching or sisters and brothers searching. Um, so a group of people have actually joined together to make like an organization to help the survivors. Hold on. (laughs) I think they're done. Um, a group of people have actually joined together to try and like help the survivors of the ideal maternity home. Uh, they want to help connect families who are torn apart. Well, that's what I was just thinking. I'm like, there has to be like a ton of like adopted children in that area of Canada like that can go you know like people you know that can date back to that like yeah and you have to think that they're all well if they were born in the late 20s they're old and if they're in the you know 40s they're older too at least in their 70s so, but even like through family stories like yeah you know, I mean at this point they're probably not going to identify um parents but they might be able to identify brothers and sisters yeah wow so some of them have already been reunited oh that's good and then there's other stories about the adoptions from the home and helping them identify family members and you can actually locate this group in some of the stories at uh ideal maternity home survivors.com oh my god that's crazy okay yep so you can go on and, and Violet's story is on there and that's how i found out that she passed away that like that like bums me out so bad mm-hmm. that she like didn't she like never had any kids or any like any other kids because she, she I don't know that's just such a she just mourned that baby she couldn't move on and then her husband died too like at that point I like, wouldn't want to do anything very young too I mean yeah yeah I mean even for that time like thirty eight it's still pretty young yeah brain cancer like Ugh. it well yeah so. So that is the story of the Butterbox Babies. Um, very, very tiny DNA reference, but, you know, it still counts. Still counts. Um, and here are my sources. Uh, the Canadian CanadianCRC.com, uh, Wikipedia, LA Times, Murderpedia, and WickedWe.com. And I'll post all of these on the Facebook because this is bonkers and you're all going to want to look into this. Oh, I, d- I definitely do. Like, that's something I'll spend, like, all night looking at. <laughs> when you type in Butterbox Babies, there's tons of stories like Violets that come up. And stories of babies that know that they were adopted out of that home trying to oh. find their parents. Oh my god, that's so nuts. Yep. Yep. Good one. So, so yeah, that was it. Thanks for that, Nikki. That was a great tip. That was a great tip. God bless Nikki. She's always yes. giving good tips. Yes, she is always always helping us out so um yeah that was it cool beans um did we talk about did we talk about unsolved mysteries no i just started watching it though okay where are you at i mean technically i finished it but i wasn't paying attention uh yeah i know i hate that i hate that um because, like, you want to be paying attention, but, like, you're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do that shit yeah. all the time. Yeah, it's rough. Um, But the one about, like, with Pistol and his mom, like, I think Rob was his name. 
Oh, yeah, shit. I think it's like the second episode. He obviously fucking killed her. Oh, my God. That old. And like sleeping with her ashes and shit. Like, bro. That's so weird. Yeah, I saw this meme that said, like, I forget. I think it said, it said, like, oh, it was Carol Baskin. It was like the previous most hated person on on Netflix, the current most hated person on Netflix. Yeah. They're not my, fucking wrong. My favorite episode was the House of Horror or whatever it was. Um, about the family and like they think the guy is on the run. The French family? Yeah. Oh yeah, the subtitles fucked with me. Uh yeah, it gets it's I know I could I have no problem. I don't mean it like that. Like I watch movies with subtitles all the time. I just didn't have the attention span that day to sit down and watch it. So I need to go back and do it. But like at the time, I think I was like doing schoolwork and it was just on in the background. Yeah, I was, that's, that's what I did at first too. And I was like, I need to not watch this right now because I need to like follow along. It's, that one's the best episode in my opinion. Yeah. It was really fucking good. Yeah. I'm just sad. Like I want to go steal those ashes and give them the pistol because that's just fucked up. I know. I know. That was super fucked up. Um, And he very clearly fucking did it. Like. I don't care. He's just a creep. You watch him and like his his body language and like all of it is just screaming to me like he did something that he's hiding. Oh, I have and... a whole ass theory about what he did. Um, oh, we... really? Yeah, it's in my it's in my text. Hold on. Um... I just also like I look at Pistol and like I feel so fucking bad because he they were all deceived by this man. They thought, you know, he loved him, too. And he was just a narcissist asshole who couldn't handle not having all the attention on him, so then he made Pistol's life hell. So like, here, here's what I think happened. Um, did you hear that how the detectives wanted to find her wedding ring? Do you remember no. that part? Mm-mm. Yeah, so they were like, we really wish we could find this wedding ring. So I think the husband, and okay, do you remember how they said that the cash register was like wide open at the beauty salon where yes. she worked? So yeah. I think the husband knew, and, and they mentioned, they go, like, there's usually, at beauty salons, like, there's not usually a lot of money in the cash register. Um, so I think the husband knew exactly how much the salon had on hand, which is, like, why the drawer was open. He was, like, he took, so I think he hired someone, told them to go in there and, like, kidnap her and kill her. And they, he was like, there's there's $300 in the cash register, plus she has this really expensive wedding ring that I bought her. So, like, you, you can take those things, and, like, that's your payment. And, um, because obviously, like, he bought the ring, so he knows what it's worth. Right. So I think he had someone go in there, kidnap her, and kill her, and said, like, take whatever's in the register and the ring, and that could have easily been $5,000. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. On, like, depending on how much that ring was, easily. Yeah. Um, and they mentioned that like when she was at the salon that day, she was kind of acting weird to her customers. Like she was usually really like bubbly and like uh, you know, vibrant and chatty. And I think that they had a fight. She threatened to leave his ass, and uh then she was acting weird the next day because she was like planning to leave. Um, and I think he fi- I think he knew that and then like had someone go in there. Yeah, all right, I can see that. I deadass think that's what happened because they mentioned this wedding ring. They mentioned the drawer. And I remember the one detective was like, 
we know some details um, of this case, but like we're not sharing that with the public because these are details that only the perpetrator would know. No, uh, that makes sense. So, oh yeah, I I completely believe. I don't I don't think he did it, but I think that he hired some. I don't just don't think he acted alone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fair. That makes sense. Yeah, I think, and I think that's also why he could kind of put some space between himself and what happened to her because he's like well I didn't do it I just had someone do it and that like I don't know to me that just psychologically sort of explains like how he could fucking sleep with her ashes and shit yeah yeah no that makes sense that does then again I could see him even if he did kill her just I can see him rationalizing it like in his brain oh he's because I loved her oh yeah you know Oh, so. I didn't want her, like, I didn't want her to leave me. I really think that's what happened. Like, they had some kind of weird fight, and then she was like, I'm fucking leaving your ass. And he was mm-hmm. like, no, you're not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one just broke my heart. It was super sad, because that kid, that kid was so, like, he loved his mom so much. Yeah, and still does. And you can yeah. just see, like, he deserves to have her ashes. And you know what else killed me? That his dad and her were still best friends oh my god i know because i was like i was thinking like oh he must have like some piece of shit dad like no he was like really heartbroken about it too yeah he had like a a good dad and like he was doing his best you know right yeah it's not yeah oh fuck and they still talked every day and they were best friends even though they weren't together that was sad as shit yeah yeah Eh, the whole thing is fucked but yeah I, I didn't, I wasn't crazy about, I thought the UFO episode would be, like, my favorite. Oh. I, didn't, I didn't really like it. It fucked with me. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. It, was, it definitely had, like, Stranger Things energy. <laughs> it's just, I was just like, cool, I don't want to fucking go to bed now. Um, I'm really freaked out now. Because, you know, aliens and me don't really jive well. Oh, yeah, you're, you're pretty scared. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I thought it was, like, a good story, and I think that it's interesting that, like, people that didn't even know each other, like, all saw this... the same thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's what happens when you, like, like, the Kecksburg thing. That's, like, have you ever been to Kecksburg? Mm-mm. So that's literally right near my house. And oh, okay. in the 50s, there was a UFO that crashed there. And, like, they're claiming that it was, I forget what they said, like, a piece of a satellite, or it was, like, a, a meteor... My dad told me, because he, he, like, remembers all this because he, like, was young when this happened. And um, they all remember, like, the FBI coming in and, like, carrying this thing out on a um, a big truck. And it looked like an acorn. So now there is, like, a monument out there and they have the Alien Festival every year. And it's, yeah, I'm Except just like. this year. Except I would, this year. I'd love to fucking go to that, but... Next year. Next year we will go to the Alien Festival and you will have a fucking blast. That would be awesome, because that sounds really fucking cool. Yeah, I mean, it's just like a little fire hall, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking like a county fair, but, but like... it still sounds cool. It sounds they bring quirky. in, like, Bigfoot experts and, like, UFO experts and shit, yes, and they come I, in. You know yeah. I love that weird shit. Yeah, I am all about that, and it's such a good time. But, like, yeah, even if I do, I'll just take you out to Kecksburg so you can see the um the monument, because it's kind of cool. But it had all these weird, like, glyphs written all over it and shit. Like, it was definitely aliens. So, like, yeah, I don't, <laughs> You're I don't like, know. There's no room for any other explanation. There's that no shit other. was no. aliens. <laughs> it was fucking aliens. So, yeah, I, uh... 
I, yeah, it's been a fucking weird week full of shit like that. Like new conspiracy theories coming out and like people Mm. just getting into them and realizing how deep all this shit really goes. Because you know why? We're all fucking bored to tears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then we don't take the shit that they actually, like, like, literally, the CIA released something not that long ago that this, that it's something about us living in a simulation that we can actually, we are actually astrally projecting and, like, all this weird shit. And then proof of aliens. Like, and none of us are, like, looking at that. We're all looking at, like, fucking stupid shit like Pizzagate and, like, Pizza game. <laughs> I just can't. I can't. Ugh. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna do cute animals, and then. Sorry, I am extremely tipsy now. <laughs> That's okay. I can. I can. I can hear it in your voice. Go for it. Um. All right. So the first one. <laughs> this is so cute. It's a lizuna. Okay. L i z u n a. Lizuna. Oh, that's adorable. It's a little white weasel, and it looks like a cotton ball, and I love it. Yeah, it kind of looks like a little bit like a ferret, but cuter Mm -hmm. than a ferret. Yeah. Yeah. But I actually do think ferrets are really cute. Oh, I do too. I love them. But I love everything, so. Yeah. Um, Oh, look at its little tail! Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, Um, I'm on board with that one. Austin's Palm Civet. What the fuck? So, Where do you fucking come up with this shit? I go into some rabbit holes. Um, O-W-S-T-O-N-S, and then Palm, and then C-I-V-E-T. Ooh. Uh, its colors are really neat, though. The, the pattern is really cool. It looks um, like a cat had a baby with a raccoon. But also sort of like, um, the body. What is the fuck is that body? Well, the one I'm looking at is very cat-like, so the one you're looking at may not be the same. It's like, the one I'm looking at, like, the pattern is really cool, but the the body is like, it has a really big arch in its back. Oh, yeah, it's like really long. Super long. Okay, but yeah, like, this one's cuter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just gotta dig. Okay, wow. That's that's fucking crazy. Like mm-hmm. Have you ever seen uh I don't know if it was BuzzFeed list or what, but like it or no, I think it was just like a list of tweets, but it was like what God thought when he created all these animals and it <laughs> There's a there's a TikTok guy who does that and he pretends to be God and Gabriel making animals and it's the funniest shit in the world. Yeah, there was like this list of Okay, yeah, 50, or 24 hilarious tweets about God creating animals. Let me just, like, show you a couple, like, tell you a couple of these, because they're fucking hilarious. (laughs) God creating jellyfish. How about an evil bag? (laughs) 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 Oh, when God, when God made raccoons, he was like, do you want to be an old-timey burglar or a trash digger? Too slow. You're both now. Oh my god. <laughs> I fucking love these. They're so funny. Oh, I'll have to send you some of the ones from TikTok and okay. you're gonna I you're always gonna forget laugh. you're a fucking TikToker. I love it. I wish I didn't. I always made fun of everyone for it, but you know, quarantine. And now I mean, it's fun. It happens, yeah. Yeah. Um 
Okay, so this one kind of looks like a little baby bear. Uh, an Olinguito? So L-O-L-I-N-G-U-I-T-O. It's a raccoon. Aw, yeah, that's a cutie. Mm-hmm. hmm I like it. Yeah. Um, Ugh, he has kind of, like, slothy fingers. I just, I still, well, I love sloths, so. I know. It's gross. English Angora Rabbit looks like me on a bad hair day. <laughs> oh my god lauren would fucking love this she loves lauren rabbits. look this up lauren oh you're gonna god. love it i will definitely tell i will definitely show her this because she will fuck with that she has a bunny oh yeah oh. i saw that it's very cute that thing it's she's fucking adorable but yeah. she's also like Every time I see her, it just looks like she's either guilty of something and or giving me, like, the maddest side eye. Aww. Okay, wait. Listen to, one of, listen to this tweet. Invent- God inventing the parrot. How about, like, a tie-dyed chicken who screams actual words at you? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. When when I send these to you, it's funny because, like, he plays both Gabriel and God, and Gabriel gets so frustrated with God. That he's just like, well, are you sure? Like, do you really want to make that? <laughs> I love that. It's really good. Um, okay, and then this one's an Izo Momonga, which is also a Japanese dwarf flying squirrel, and it's cute as fuck. Okay. Oh my god, it's so cute. I want one. Oh my god, oh my god, I just can't handle it. Finding it, finding it. Oh, it has like giant eyeballs. Oh, yeah, and this little round body, and they come in different colors. Like they're not all white. Some of them are brown, and I like them a whole lot. Oh my god, it's like a squirrel or like a little chipmunk face with like kind of a mousy body. Slash, it doesn't look real. It, it looks do- it like it really doesn't. It looks like a little like um. It looks like. You know those round, like, stuffed animals? I think they're made by, like, um, the Beanie Baby brand. Yeah. They're, like, yeah. Oh, like the squishable round. things? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, it looks like it looks like that, like, version of a squirrel. Like, it does not. It looks like a little toy. <laughs> it's like a cartoon. I love it. it is, it's real cute. Yeah. So there's your animals to get you through the week. Okay, let me just see if... Oh, you'll like this one. God making bats. God, just a, just like a hairy black potato with wings. Angel. Um, God. Just nothing. Angel. God? God. Also, it sleeps upside down like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're so cute. I love bats. I love- Oh, that's what I wanted to update. I got a bat house. This is my padded room oh yes i got a bat house so that i can you know house my bats outside and have lots of bats and how's that I was, going it's going so well in case you can't hear it in my voice i'm about to cry um, are, you, are you getting bats in there yeah nice <laughs> so i'm sitting on the couch and joey gets home from work and he texts me and goes there's a bat outside and 
if you do not believe that I threw everything that was on my lap and booked it out the door to go and see this bat, and then I just sat in the driveway and stared up at it for, like, a solid 45 minutes and watched it just, like, swoop around and eat all the bugs and, like, cry. Did you name the bat? No, not yet. Not yet. Yeah, you gotta see if it sticks, because, you know, once once you name it. Yeah, yeah, I don't have anything good yet. So, um, I don't know if it's in the house, though, and I don't want to, like, go and look at the house during the day and scare it. So, like, I'm just hoping, and then I'm going to plant some um, bad attracting night blooming flowers. Okay. So, so that is my padded room. What is a flower that attracts bats? There's moon flowers. Oh, okay, okay. Like, there's just flowers that are fragrant at night, and it attracts them in. Moonflowers are fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited to plant those and have bats everywhere. Okay. Um, and, yeah, so that that is my, my padded room. I was very excited. I posted about it on Facebook, and nobody fucking cared. So. Oh, wait, I, I cared? Did I not care? I don't know if you liked it or not. I had, like, four people like it, and I was like, okay, I sound like a child, because I was like, oh, my God, I have a bat in my bat house. I'm well, so excited. Well, probably because not that many people, like, fuck with bats because they're terrifying i guess but i i still was like I'm oh, okay i sound you. I'm like an idiot you. i was very i was very sad at the moment but then i was happy because i was like fuck them because i have bats <laughs> so thanks. you'll have to let me know what uh what uh hogwarts house they're in i will once i figure them out i'm betting they're all quick. slytherin they're quick little fuckers you have yeah. to like you have to, like, you can't stare and walk, like, you can't follow them with your eyes. Like, you literally have to catch them zip out of the corner of your eyes. Mm-hmm. That's how fast they are, so. Yeah. Anyway. That, I mean, I can kind of relate, because that's how I kind of am with hummingbirds, because I fucking love them. Yeah, they just make me happy. Yeah, and you know what? In this fucking world, take whatever you can that makes yep. you happy. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you have a padded room? Oh, mine was just unsolved mysteries. That's really oh, all okay. I can. That's really all I can uh, muster up today. It's totally fine. Totally fine. Um. Okay. Do you want to do social media? Sure. We are on Instagram at Chardonnay and DNA, Facebook Chardonnay and Sign DNA, the Twitter we never use Chardonnay DNA. Uh, email us at Chardonnay and DNA at gmail we have Chardonnay and DNA dot com, right? Yeah. I don't know why the fuck that always trips me up. It's literally just the name of our podcast dot com. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all it is. And it always fucks me up. Um, please buy fucking shirts. God damn it! I have so many shirts, guys. Please, please buy them. Please. They're taking up space in my house, and I just want to ship them to you. So, <sighs> please buy shirts. Please, Please buy a shirt. just do it. Be really nice. You'll really like them. They're really comfortable and soft. I have one on right now. Do you? In fact, yeah. I need to get mine from you. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. I have yours and Joe's. Um, but yeah, buy buy t shirts, friends. I'll throw um, in free stickers if you buy t shirts. <laughs> ooh, there you go. Who doesn't like a fucking sticker? I know you yeah. do. Um, yeah. Okay. Anything else? um no send us ideas of shit um oh i did want to just i did want to just uh throw this out there um my favorite murder is now doing one at a time episodes where like georgia goes one like 
you know, that day, and then Karen goes the next week, and I'm just saying, they might have copied us. <laughs> so, I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> I love when I look at the analytics and I see that it says, like, California, and I'm like, just maybe. Just maybe. maybe. Karen and Georgia. I mean, it. it's a literally infinitesimal, tiny chance, but it's still a chance. It's okay, there are only two people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna fucking geek out. It's cool. We're good. We're it's good. Fine. Um, yeah, that is funny. I I wonder if they're doing it just because like quarantine and. Well, I think it, yeah. I mean, they said they were like we we already get to like the two hour mark on like just like just for one of us like yeah you know what I mean. So they're like we just need to like cut this down. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But, you know, if you did get the idea from us, give us a shout out next time. But if you could. Yeah. Um, also, just want to mention Podcast from the Crypt because they're great and we oh, love them. Oh, they are. They are so nice. We I are, love them. We are definitely going to do an episode together and we have discussed it, a bonus episode. But life has been fucking insane. Um and I have just not had any time to research and I don't want to, you know, put that on anyone. So, um, that will come out at some point in our lives. Sorry, Steph and Devin, we love you. No, they're, um, they are so, like, they're just so, they make my heart happy. Mm-hmm. They like and I love us. their posts. Yeah. And they are just fucking hilarious and I just really like them a whole lot. So check them out. Give them some love. Um... They're probably super freaked out now. They're probably like, uh, why are you so obsessed with me? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean to freak you. I'm just, I'm just drunk, okay? (laughs) Uh, She is. (laughs) I just really love everyone when I'm drunk, and that's a good thing, so. That's the only time she likes people. That is the only time. You know what? You're not, fuck, where is the lie? Tell me where the lie is, because it's not there. No, it's pretty accurate. (laughs) The only time I love people is when I'm fucking wasted. I'm not wasted, but I'm drunk. So, Okay, um, thank you for being a friend. Tune in next time. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs>